Warning, this podcast was produced by two men who still think that swearing is both big and clever. As a result, it contains quite a lot of it. Therefore, this podcast is not suitable for children, unless they're really fucking cool children. Hello everyone, Christopher Greer here, welcoming you to another edition of Pop Collaborate and Listen. I hope you've enjoyed the past couple of weeks where we did a couple of pretty self-indulgent bonus episodes, it must be said. We took a look at two of our favourite albums from 1991 in the shape of Primus and Smashing Pumpkins. And we got some really nice feedback actually off those as well. It does seem that other people listening to this show have uh, soft spots for those as well. So that's really nice to know. I'm glad you enjoyed kind of our take on it, a little bit of a refresher of your memory about those albums. But we are resuming our normal programming This week, we are listening to Seal's debut album, a self-titled debut album, which was out at the end of May, start of June in 1991. Neither of us had actually heard the full album uh, before, to be honest. We knew the singles and stuff like that, but this was brand new to us. We were in hoping there were definitely going to be some songs on here that would be a nice surprise. So, So you'll have to listen and see what transpired. Dave is still off in America at the minute, which is why I'm doing the intro this week. He will be back as normal from next week, I'm sure. But in the meantime, have a listen to this week's episode. Let us know what you think. Get in contact, all the social media stuff. If you've got friends who you think would enjoy this podcast, please do tell them as well. We're always trying to expand the reach and get some good word of mouth going. But that'll do for me. Let's get into the podcast. Hope you enjoy it, and uh, we'll see you next time. Yes, people, welcome to another episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen. My name is Dave Fensom. I'm Krista Greer. Uh, we are here to uh, talk about, as always, the number one albums of the 90s. We're in 1991, season two. This is episode 10. 10, mate. 10, mate. It's crazy, mm, right? Madness. Ma- it's not madness. It's not madness. It's not oh, madness. That's true. For that. Can I play with madness? No, you may not. It'd be a weird bill, wouldn't it? Anyway. Um, can you play with madness? Can you play with madness? <laughs> I mean, he fucking does. Uh, <laughs> he loses most oh, of the time. He's lost that battle many years yeah. ago. So uh, today we are talking about... Seal and his debut album. So, oh, yeah. Is, so, is the, and what's that called? It's called Seal. It's, so it's Seal Seal. It's Seal Seal, yeah. yeah. And his second album was also called Seal Seal. Seal Seal. Yeah. But this is the first one. This is in 1991, his very first... Uh, outing into album release. Okay, fair enough. So this is this is coming off of, this is coming off the back of the big single killer where he was the feature with the Damsky. Well, it, yeah, exactly. So 1990 was the release of the Adamski collaboration version of Killer, yep. which was big. It was number one, a really big tune. And to be honest, that was kind of Adamski's peak. He tailed off badly after that, but Seal then started to release his own stuff. And yeah. so in November of 1990, he released the first single off this album. Uh, but this album itself is out. It was number one for three weeks. So mm-hmm. I did actually pretty decent oh, okay. three weeks of this. Um, and it was uh, from the 26th of May to the 21st of June. 
Okay. Which, you know, Eagle Eye viewers may spot is four-week period, but uh, Eurythmics went back up to number one for one week. Aha. So it's, it's three weeks, whereas number one over a four-week period. Cool. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're into May and June of 1991, fucking eventually, after yeah, the yeah, amount yeah. of, num- like, ridiculous one-week number ones we've done. So this was it. He's had a couple of singles, and then this is his big... Here I am. This is me. This is C. sure. Yeah, uh, it, it debuted at number one and straight in. Uh, it went on to win best British album at the 1992 Brit Awards. Did it now, mate? Right here's some stats for you. Okay, the Brit Awards '92. He was nominated in four categories, and he won in all four. Well, not him necessarily, but it won British Album of the Year over at one over Blue Lines. Right, nominated. Uh, okay, uh, it won best British producer of the year. For Trevor Horn, mm-hmm. it won the best British video of the year for his version of Killer, right. was single, and it won a British male solo artist for himself, and so he dominated that year. Apparently, I don't remember that happening, but I remember him being really big. It, apparently, so. Uh, um, yeah, well, well, we'll discuss but, that. Well, the thing the is, as well, right? Uh, if you know, yes, it won uh, a load of Brits, but. In the category of British Single of the Year, he was nominated in that one. Right. But in British Single of the Year, the nominations were Queen, These Are the Days of Our Lives, which eventually won. Yeah. Not even the best single off that album, but it won. Uh, Iron Maiden's Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter was nominated for British Single of the Year. I mean, that's not even a good Iron Maiden Exactly. Song. Weird. Uh, Jason Donovan's Any Dream Will Do. Fuck me. Which is a cover for... I don't understand. Uh, the KLF 3AM Eternal. Fine. Mm-hmm. Vic Reeves and the Wonder Stuff Dizzy. Novelty yeah. song. Yeah. And... And I, I remind you, best British single of the year, this is the category. Right. If I told you what's the worst song we've heard in recent times, you're going to say The Stunk. Oh, my fucking God. Hayden Pace, The Stunk, was nominated for Best British Album. What the f- I mean, why does anyone give a shit about any of this bollocks? Just, that, just the inclusion, the sniff of that makes you go, oh, well, this isn't all bollocks. Mate, then. this is like it was, they, they just put the names on bits of steak and <laughs> let a spaniel pick it. <laughs> it's, that's crazy fucking shit, that is. But, yeah. So, anyway, he, he won a load of Brits. It was a massive album for him uh, in terms of getting recognition. And it was a massive album for him in terms of sales as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it broke him in the States. Uh, it got him a load of um, press and stuff over there. And... It really, it, it, you know, it's three and a half million copies this sold worldwide. Yeah. So big, big stuff. And he's now apparently doing Judge on The Voice in Australia and this sort of nonsense. Okay. So he's a TV personality now. But he, he had huge success after this in music as well. He was everywhere for a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, he's, he was a big recording artist for a long while. He was. He was. And very respected. He kind of still is, I guess. Like maybe he's that kind of guy that that brings out a new record and he probably still sells a lot of units because all of his fans have got CD players. Yeah, true, true. Nah. And well, I bet you he does things like an unplugged version of his greatest hits and a, a, a live version with you know some some people who are big in the states that yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah, I reckon that's it. Uh, the only thing I noticed just in terms of because this is produced by Trevor Horn, like I said, Trevor Horn was mm-hmm. in Art of Noise. He was in the Buggles. Yep. He ran the ZTT. Record label, which this is released on. Mm-hmm. And so he's, he was a big influence and a big name in the 80s. And he produced this, and he produced it within an inch of his life. It's, it's, uh, they had to release two versions of this album because they needed an, a, a version that they could release post-second single, and he wasn't happy with it yet. So he kept recording and producing, right? and then they released that version afterwards. But they knew, So he couldn't let it go. It's one of those ones. He's this kind of tinkery uh Yeah, pr- I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, um, but... 
because it's he, he just kept doing it. There is a huge list of session musicians playing on this, mm-hmm. like massive. And some of the ones that I, I kind of spotted on here, um, there's a guy called Bruce Woolley on guitars who co-wrote "Video Killed the Radio Star" with the Buggles. Yeah, uh, so, and he also wrote "Slave to the Rhythm." for Grace Jones, but he also then wrote Mirror Mirror for Dollar, so he loses any sort of credentials that he did have. Uh, but weirdly, the other one that he wrote uh, much later on was a huge, ever-growing, pulsating brain that rules from the centre of the ultra-world with the orb. Wicked. Like, this ambient piece of music. I can hear, I can hear that he'd be doing well, some ambient stuff. Okay, well, well Bruce Willie, the guitar, one of the guitarists on there was doing that. Um, Anne Dudley is on String Arrangement, who was also from The Art of Noise, and she co- co-wrote Buffalo Gals with Malcolm McLaren. Uh, there's a guy called Guy Sigsworth who co-wrote four of the songs. He's one of the main co-writers yeah. on this. And he's worked with a fucking ton of people, including like kind of Bjork and Bomb the Bass, cool 90s people. Um, there's a guy called Doug Wimbish on bass guitar, who was in Living Colour. Yeah, I know Doug Wimbish. Right, and he was also in Tackhead. And then one of the backing vocalists is Maria Vidal, who did Body Rock in the 80s, which is a fucking brilliant song. Nice. Yeah, so she's uh, BVs at some point. And so it's a load of people, uh, but there's no... It wasn't like, a, this is the band, because there's four different guitarists yeah. and six different drummers across it. So it's not like he had a band. There were just a ton of session musicians coming through. I mean, through. it feels like a label has put a lot of money into this. Oh, definitely. Absolutely, definitely. He really believed... Trevor Horn, as as the head honcho of the label and the producer of the album, put all of his effort into making this a big, yeah. big one, yeah. All right, well, let's have a look at the album cover. Indeed. Let's start it off as we always do. And uh, I'm, I'm now holding in my hand a tape copy of this album, which I bought off Discogs for £1. Is it still in the cellophane? No. Oh, you've broken the seal then. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, I should have seen that coming, frankly. You really, really should have seen. Um, okay, so the cover is uh, a white background. Yep. The word seal in black, big letters across it. Yep. But the A is seal himself standing, legs akimbo, yep. hands on hips. Like dressed as if he's in one of the Matrix sequels. Yes, absolutely. A big leather coat. Tight black top, uh, huge lit boots. I mean, it's a look, isn't it? It definitely is a look. It is a look, and I mean, that's taken from the video uh, for Crazy. Yeah, that's what the, that video look was, and that's where he was dressed as that. Yeah. So it's it's that style. I mean, I think it's a really good cover, actually. Yeah, I think yeah, I think it's really bold and distinctive. It's, okay, you know, I think it's a yeah, it's it, it gets the job done. It does. Um, I suppose I mean, we're looking at it on a tape, which is. Tiny and not the way. I've got a CD out there somewhere. Oh, yeah. I, I also got a CD in a charity shop somewhere. And I can imagine, especially on on an actual vinyl cover, that's mm-hmm. going to be an imposing image. On a tape, it's a little bit yeah, diluted. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. But no, yeah, I get it. It's, it's, a, it's very simple, uh, very straightforward. But like you say, it gets the job done. It's what it is. It's just seal. That's it. Totally white background. Nothing else going on. Blank canvas, him on front. Yeah, it's good. It's nice, fine, it's nice fine. Nice use of contrast. Oh, quite. Anyway, right, so the first track is called... First track is called The Beginning, funnily enough. So, yeah, track one. Let's start this. Oh. Like dance, you say? Yes. I don't like this. Huh. Yeah, this is kind of bland, generic yeah. 90s dance. Yeah, like nothing kind of, distinctive about this. Like kind of big synth waves coming in. Yeah, dancey, dancey beat. Yeah, as as, as an opener, I I'm not feeling this. Maybe 
at the time, it was more of a, this is what you do, but I'm not feeling this at all. That's a great voice, but this is... I don't like what he's doing with his no. voice. No. I'm, there's, there's, I'm not really sure what it is, what the song is. There's, I mean, production-wise, yep. there's a lot going on. Sure. I mean, there is sure. too much going on in the production. Right. And that, and so this, it's all a bit of a cacophony for me, this. Yeah. I, I say I don't know what it is. I feel like the song doesn't know what it is or what it wants to be. That's true. Okay, I see that. I see that. Um it it is a bit of let's throw everything that's going on at the minute into it. Yeah, I mean, there's no real hook to it. No, this is there's no tune. And from what I knew of Seal before, yeah, you know the the singles realistically, those that I think okay, well he writes catchy songs. Yeah, and that's what I would uh, know him for. With a big strident presentation. Yeah, and this you know, I mean, there's no denying Seal's got a good voice. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but this, there's not enough space in this song to showcase it. No, well, I, I don't like what he's doing with his vocals on this one. I don't. It's, it's all, it's all over the place. He's up and down, and there's no. He's not singing a vocal line. I don't think it's like it's like a demo rather than a song. Yeah, you know? it's, yeah. Like, it's like he's trying to showcase what he can do. Mm. But yeah, like, okay. But service a song first. It's not say. catchy, and this in the way that you know, killer was catchy and that's mm-hmm. your first thing you go fuck it out okay it's got a hook to it this is not this is an, an anonymous and bland to me exactly yeah um i get maybe that they wanted to open with a dancier track maybe because they were going off the the memories that people had of killer i don't know that they're trying to get in with the house scene there whatever but I think this is a, a strange one to open up. I, I just think this is an abjectly bad song. Oh, I do too. Um, yeah. and, and then what, what's going on with a key change at the end? Wait, check, check out the key change. Let's, right, let's, 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 let's have a that. little bit of that. Yeah, so we're halfway through the song at this yeah. point. And we're only halfway through as well. This goes on for 5 minutes 40 seconds. It is too long, man. Self, it's self-indulgent. Oh. What? And th- yeah. Out of nowhere. Yeah. He's doing that. And here we go. Yeah, so everything else dropped out. And then oh back my to- God. What? And then back to where it was. That's so horrible. Don't get it. It's just so horrible. Yeah, but this is it. This is shite. Yeah, I. This is. Uh, yeah. This, this song annoyed me greatly. Yeah, I. I did not enjoy this at all. No, I. Uh, going into this, I'd never heard the album before, right? Mm-hmm. Only knew the singles, but I knew them quite well. Yeah. Uh, I remember them at the time. I bought Crazy on Seven Inch when it was out. Okay. I had, you know, I thought, okay, let's see what's happening with this. Yeah. I, I'm initially off to a bad start here. Very much exactly okay. where I'm at. All right. All right. Track number two. Right. Track two is Deep Water. Okay, so we're in more simple acoustic territory here. Yeah, yeah, it's gone a bit serious. Acoustic guitar, some bongo drums in the background. Jazz. Jazz, nice. Jazz. I tell you what, this is apropos of nothing. I was looking for uh, just a, a JPEG or a meme of your man from Fast Club's Fast Show's Jazz Club and just the word shite underneath right. it. It's not on the internet. I had to make one. Fucking how bizarre. Yeah. Akabilk. Shite. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, sorry. 
fucking seal underneath us here. And we've got a seal underneath. <laughs> Look, this is lyrically very busy. There's, okay. There's a lot of words. There's a lot, a lot of going on. It doesn't scan that great. I don't think. No. No. Yeah, you're right. He's cramming a lot in. That's what I mean. It's the freight. And it is a bit uh, preachy. Mm-hmm. This chorus is quite nice. Yeah, the layered vocals. Yeah, I quite like that. It's got that little kind of country inflection. Okay. It's, yeah. That's, that's not. It's, it's a little bit insipid, but it's yeah. Yeah, it's inoffensive. Uh, let's skip. To uh, I think it's about three minutes in, where it goes from what it had been doing into almost a different song. Yeah, so it's got all these electronic elements kind mm. of come in. You've got this little kind of breakbeat skipping around. Yeah, not really a break, but you know. What but I mean. yeah, but it's it's a totally different thing to what it be because literally three minutes in, it does this. Yeah, and this is another six-minute song. Yeah, and it's like I, I put it. It does this, and then the strings arrangements come in as well. Don't yeah, you? yeah. And I put, look, this stuff's nice, but it should have arrived earlier. Oh, okay. That's what I put. I mean, look, this song is much too long. Yeah. It could have benefited from some fairly savage editing, and you know, a helicopter crash. <laughs> Dropping bombs. Did wonder for Noel Edmonds' career. Fucking hell, mate. Yeah. Fucking uh, anyway. Right, but yeah, again, it is, it's going nowhere at this point, and mm-hmm. there's still two minutes left. Yeah, it's gone nowhere. You know, there are there are more things, to, to, to be as even-handed as it can be, there are more things in mm-hmm. this song that I like than in the first song. You Okay, yes. It's a better song than the first <laughs> yes. one. Yes. Uh, but it is still only well, yeah, the Moore's murderers weren't as bad as Harold Shipman. Yeah, you're, um, weren't they? Well, they killed fewer people. Okay, fair yeah. enough. I mean, all right, but um, I'm not going down that road with you. <laughs> uh, fucking hell. Uh, but basically, I look that this is now a collection of some workable ideas that have mm. not been put together to create a good song. Okay, right. Okay, I I, I I think I dislike this more than you because I don't think there are any good ideas in here. Oh, I, no, I think you know. I think that that chorus bit sounds nice enough. That little yeah. me- that little melody on the chorus, the, the, the string organization. I think I think those things would work well in in a different fucking song. Right. If you did something uh, else. Yeah. I think if you had I think if you had a like you know a different verse and you had some of that instrumentation coming in earlier. Yeah. I think, you know. I mean, you've got a different song, but I think there are bits of that song that are. You know, proficient, okay. but just as a composition, doesn't work at all. No, no. I, I, I was very bored by the end of it. Yeah. And I think probably because it took three minutes to get to that different point, I was already just going, oh, is it, what's happening now? Does Trevor Horn take a lot of coke? He was in bands in the 80s. Mm. He, he must have done. Because, I mean, like, the two songs that don't do anything with 12, <laughs> 12 minutes, that's got cocaine written all over it as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, but he won a lot of fucking awards. Oh, he did. Beat the stonk. <laughs> it's the highest accolade you exactly. can have. <laughs> fucking stonk. Right. Better than the stonk. Anyway, Fuck right. Sake. Well, okay. Let's let's move on. From okay. That. Yeah. All right. So track three mm-hmm. is crazy, crazy, which was the first single. Mm-hmm. It was released in November of 1990. Cool. 
and I absolutely remember this from the oh, time. Absolutely. Yeah. This is still played regularly on the radio. It, I'm sure it is, actually, yes, true. It's a nice little build up. Kind of big that, that kind of orchestral crash this, sample. Yeah, this is a good sign yeah. of a song, yeah. Kind of sounds like William Orbit before William Orbit. Oh, doesn't yeah, it? true enough. You know, like this tune itself, you could this could sit on Madonna's music album. Yeah, it absolutely could. Not, no, um, no fucking Ray of Light. Ray of Light, yeah. Yeah, yeah like, so you've got this kind of rock shuffle and break, you've got the got a break kind of coming in. The vocal's super up front, it's a nice solo vocal. Yeah. It's got these electric swells that go through it. Yeah. You know, this is they just got everything right on this song. I agree. I agree. I think this is actually a very, very good song. Yeah, you've got that sparse guitar with a bit of wire as well. It's just a really well put together. It's a great pop hit, and it's obviously what sold this record. There, it, totally. Yeah, this was the one that got him noticed as an artist, not just the collaborator with Seal or yeah. with Adamski. And this is a terrific single. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's a kind of a questionable line about yellow people in there. I've got a note about this. I mean, because right, the, the song itself, um, the chorus is. We'll ne- we're never going to survive unless we get a little crazy. Meaning the human race needs to break free of some of its rules and you know get, do different things in order to get better. Right? Well, I mean that's what he's saying, but there's, there's a few kind of druggy references in here. Oh, I've, there's a lot of drugs. I, I, I feel like what he's saying is um, unless we get uh, people, if people, I think what he's saying here is if more people took ecstasy, the world would be better. Yes, okay, he's definitely that's that's a, a sentiment that's underlying it. Mm-hmm. But there's there's bits in it about. Um, Stuff about uh, Gorbachev, uh, yeah. about, uh, about Tiananmen Square and the Berlin Wall. But in the Tiananmen Square bit, the line is, crazy yellow people walking through my head. Yeah. Um, one of them's got a gun to shoot the other one. Can you say that? I don't think so. I, I'm not uh, sure if you can. I don't think that's all right. I'm not sure. Not even in 1991. Yeah, unless they're minions. Oh, it's okay, sure. Or jaundiced people. Yeah, or right. Mr. Chips from Cap's phrase and his mate, Mr... Also chips. Oh yeah, <laughs> Mrs. Chips, probably. Or the no, Simpsons. I prefer Mr. Also, also chips. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Is that line kind of stood out to me when I was reading through? Yeah, like, like that. ooh, that's uh, an interesting choice you've just done there, Mr. Seal. But you know, I've, the break the, the the drums around the breakdown. The really oh nice. man, yeah. I mean, again, right. So the the drum beat that comes in is at uh, just about halfway through. I'll find this. That is a big yeah. old beat. Yeah. And I find out just, uh, it's like, I wonder if that is like a, a known drum beat. And it is. It is uh, Led Zeppelin's The Crunge. Oh, yeah, of course it is. Which, well, I would not have spotted that at all. The thing is, whenever I listen to The Crunge, I was going, oh, I know that from De La Soul's yeah. uh, Magic Number, because they, they kind of chopped it up a little bit. Because it sounds like this. So yeah, that is that's a chopped up version yeah. again of that, but it's fucking brilliant. That, that they really amped it up and mm-hmm. put it into that section. That's brilliant. It's a wicked breakdown. Yeah, really enjoyed that bit of it. Definitely. I, I think the overall sound of it works really well. It's not too housey. It's not like that cheesy house. Yeah. But it's got dance elements all the way through it. But it's his his soulful vocal as well. So it's a proper song. It's not just someone singing over a dance beat. Yeah. This works really well. I think. Exactly. I mean, it kind of it feels like a rock song with dance elements. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, ways. I can see that. Yeah, you know, pop rock song. Right. Yes. You know. Yeah. You know, it's it's kind of it, the, the vocal is almost pop rock, isn't it? Sure. 
Yeah, it, it goes along those lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was his, it still is his biggest solo hit in the UK. Bigger than Kiss from a Rose? In the UK it is, yeah. That's I mean, that was fucking, huge in the that's States. That's a travesty. Oh, you see, I never liked Kiss from oh, a Rose. Oh, go fuck Mate, yourself. we're going to get to that because we've got to do Seal 2. Well, but, it, I mean, if yeah. it's got Kiss from a Rose on it, it can't be all bad. <laughs> I see. No, I never got into that tune. Uh, that but song. this it won him an Ivor Novell Award for songwriting as well, this single. Okay. Yeah. Oh, look, I mean, I, I don't don't begrudge anything that this song gets. This is this is great, and this yeah. is kind of what I was hoping for. Well, indeed, we've so look, this is the high point so far. Obviously, yeah. this Without is exactly what I'm after. Um, also, like you say, this still gets played on radio. This is an enduring song. Yeah. This has been covered by quite a few people, um, including like Mushroom Head. Oh, God. I know. Yeah, you can imagine what it sounds like. I'm not going to play it. <laughs> Only the band that Slipknot could have been. <laughs> Uh, it's covered by Me First and the Gimme Gimmies, and again, well, you can that, imagine I mean, exactly how that sounds. Covered everything, haven't they? Oh, that, that's that, their entire career yeah. was releasing albums of funny covers. Uh, but the other one, and uh, let's see if you can spot who this one is. We're Ramstein. Besides, after 70 years, is what he goes there for is to unlock the door. It was recorded for a Gap commercial, apparently, but then released as a single. Who is it? Alanis Morissette. It's Alanis yeah. Morissette. Yeah, yeah, indeed. I, I, I was thinking it was pink for a second. Oh, okay. I see you, my friend, and touch your face again. This is terrible. <laughs> I think it's a strange one. Apparently, another reason she recorded it. Oh, just let this get into the call. The thing is, you can't fuck with a tune. It's still a good tune. Um, yeah, apparently, another reason that she recorded it was because she, one of the criticisms was always labelled at her was she was a bit crazy. You know, she's a bit of a, a crazy woman. Right. So she was kind of taking it on. I was like, well, fuck you all. Oh, wow. Well. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Okay, so yeah, I, I like that tune. That's that's easily the best. I had that on 7-inch. I looked for it last night in case I could bring it for a, like a photo op and I seem to have got rid of it at some point. Photo op. I know. No, us, us holding... Got rid of crazy. I know. You're I don't not going to survive mate, unless you get a little back. You should see some of the shit because I've got, obviously... I, I've seen the shit. But I, I, I've got a section of my 7-inch singles that is 90s, right? Mm-hmm. So it's... I've got some hip-hop seven inches which are in my hip-hop section, but I've got a section that's just 90s. Warning, it's about to become very nerdy in here. And I've got some fucking rubbish in there. I know. Um, and for me to have got rid of that, I don't know what I was thinking. Maybe I just literally picked a handful out and went, there you go. And gave it I to n- the pool. I need some space, yeah. But it's gone, mate. Gone. Never mind. Oh, fuck it. I'll live. It's, it's all right. I've got, buy it again. I've got a fucking tape copy of the album. I don't need. To. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, do you, do you ever think about if if the records in your house had to pay you rent, how much, how rich <sighs> you'd be? Jesus Christ! Yeah, uh, the ones that I will never play again. If they just them, if I had to yeah. pay me money, I'd be a millionaire. I mean, you're at the point of needing a bigger house for your records. I honestly am. Oh, yeah. That is the one reason I would move house. So you got room for your records? Yeah, I'm looking forward to that happening. Uh, right, there you go. But we're, that's three songs in. One for three. Yeah, one for three. One I for mean, three on that. One strongly for Definitely, three. definitely. A um, big one for three. So, okay, okay, well, let's do the singles. Nope. <laughs> Fuck me. I actually knew that as well. Let's do the albums. Let's do the albums of this All week. right, let's do the albums. Okay, so, uh, again, so this was number one for three weeks. I have picked 
kind of the week in the middle of that. So the week we're looking at is June the 2nd to the 8th. And we'll see what we've got going on in here. Uh, number 10 is Soft Cell and Mark Almond Memorabilia. So it's a best of. Number 9 is KLF's White Room. 8, Roxette Joyride. 7, new entry, Michael Bolton, Time, Love and Tenderness. I'm not sure I remember this one. Couldn't tell you, mate. Not a clue. Because obviously it's not the one that has... Uh, Tell me how am I supposed to live yeah. without you? Just, just that good. That that was amazing. Was also really terrifying. Good? Yeah. Uh, so it's not that one, but I don't know what what was on that. I, I don't care to find out. Number six uh, is another new entry for us. Beverly Craven, self-titled. Number five. Oh, thank God that wasn't number one. It wasn't. No, 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 we're safe on that. It hung around for a long time. I'm now. sure Beverly Cronin is a lovely lady, but, no, I've, sure. but it's that kind of bland music that I do. No, 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 no. Number five, R.E.M.'s Out of Time. Number four, Eurythmics Greatest Hits. Number three, a new entry, and this is as high as this one got, Wonder Stuff, Never Loved Elvis. Okay. So that, this was their big breakthrough album. And it is the one uh, we spoke last week about the single um, Size of a Cow. That was the, the one off that, off this album, which broke them into the charts got them a lot of attention so uh, yeah i was never a wonder stuff fan uh, so i'm not the right person to comment on this sort of thing but as far as i know it's a good album it just it just was never for me i've heard some wonder stuff stuff is okay I, I think they're another great singles band and you know every single one that i would have to play at the indie clubs i used to dj at they were always good fun uh-huh. you know there were probably 10 singles you could choose from to play at whatever you could, you could judge what was going to work but they're all good tracks I just don't know if I need a Wonder Stuff album in my life. I don't, definitely. Yeah. Uh, and then number two is Electronic Electronic, which we discussed a little bit last week. Yeah, we did. Yeah. You, you had it. You I had like it, it on tape. Didn't like it. And the thing is as well, that does say a lot because back in those days, you had so few actual new albums. Mm. You could pretty much convince yourself to like any old shit. <laughs> well, fuck it. Uh, right, then... In terms of other albums that were released in the kind of four-week period that this was number one or number two for, we've got The Wedding Present with Sea Monsters, which peaked at number 13, which I'm very surprised at, I'll admit. I thought The Wedding Present were much more underground and less well-known at this point. But apparently, number 13 they got to. Uh, Skid Row's Slave to the Grind. That's a fucking brilliant record. Is it? Never and heard no, the album. Yeah, mate, I mean, you heard the singles. Of course. I mean, Slave to the Grind itself is a great record. Right. Like, come on, that's not all right. That's a brilliant record. That's a, a, an excellent heavy metal record. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's a brilliant heavy metal record. It's it's dumb as a box of fucking hammers, <laughs> right? Sure. If you listen to me ranting about heavy metal being, like, you know, kind of looked down upon, I mean, it's albums that's like why. that that's the reason. But, right. you know, but okay. it's it's kind of one of the the last great heavy metal records of that era. Okay, uh, and it's a good signal caller actually for our stuff because obviously Skid Row are very much lumped in with that cock rock definitely genre. Yeah, and I don't you know, they're, they're, they were heavier than that. Right. They were, you know, there was a lot of reasons. The, the, the far side of that. Well, you know, there were people that took Pantera out and they toured with Pantera oh, and they okay. matched those guys. You know, they had that big Judas Priest influence in Skid Row. All right. Uh, Skid Row were a great band. Okay. 
Fair play, fair play. I was, I was absolutely unaware of them at the time. Oh yeah, not I, I, a fucking clue. For the stuff you were into as well, that stuff would have that would have been so uncool, oh, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah sure. I was going to say anathema, you cunt. Oh, <laughs> use my big words. Damn it. Uh, typo negatives, slow, deep, and hard was out. Oh, I love typo. I've, I've no interest in typo negatives. Dan, typo is. Like, Typo have got some banging tunes, but they've also got the darkest sense of humour. Yeah, I've if you, given it, that. You know, like that cover, cover of Summer Breeze that they did. <laughs> you know the original, obviously. Of course, yeah. Oh, sure. Ridiculous. <laughs> I like, like, oh, mate, I love a good comedy yeah. cover. But, they, you know. But no, they do it completely straight up. Oh, totally. But, but it's still funny. Yeah, they're aware that it was. Yeah. All you need to know about Typo Negative, right, mm-hmm. is their drummer was kicked out of a band for being too miserable. <laughs> right? Guess which band. <laughs> Uh, go on. Life of Agony. <laughs> Imagine being too miserable for Brilliant. a band called Life of Agony. Fucking wicked. <laughs> uh, how's life? Oh, I'm in agonising pain. But you know what's made it even worse? This guy's really down. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's a that's a real achievement. You you basically your 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 first album is a concept album about a suicide, right? Mm-hmm. But your drummer's bumming you out <laughs> to the point where you have to ask him to go. Fair play. Uh, and so the other one, the other big album that was released in this time period is, and it depends how we're going to say this one, NWA. Well, we, I'll tell you how we're not going to fucking say it. Ethel Falls Again is what we're going to call it. Okay. So, yeah, the, the second NWA yes, record. Yes, and it peaked at 25 in this time period. Came out uh, and was immediately banned for pornographic lyrics. Was that what it was for? Mm-hmm. It was the... I see. Was it part of the whole PRMRC? Ah, hang on, wait, 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 wait. Was it? Hang on a minute. No, I, I mean, Death Certificate, that was one of the reasons they pulled Death Certificate. Okay. Because it was that I'm fucking really horrible bit in that the nappy dugout bit hang on hang on wait wait I'm not, hang on a minute look up it's the preacher's door yeah yeah g- yeah g- uh, giving up the nappy uh, dugout yeah. yeah that's fucking horrible yeah Sure. Uh, yeah. Oh, so that's what that's the controversy on that one. Um, um, well, and there was also the anti-Semitism well, stuff from indeed. No Vaseline. Yeah, but um, um, what the NWA one? I mean, I I, I, I would have. I thought it was an underage sex thing in this one as well. I I swear there's some reference to underage sex in it that got it pulled. Oh, there is. There's something, there's something about doing some girl in a car, and she's like, oh, yeah, like she's only thirteen or something. Oh, it's like only that. thirteen and a half, but the bit that's like, like a specialized pro. That's no, that's it. um. Oh no, that is Dre. Yeah, yeah. That's the bit I was thinking was in Nappy Dugger. Oh, I see. Right. Oh no, that yeah, that's in. Oh god. One of those. I swear, God, do you ever like? Do you ever have this situation? Because I, I, I've listened to all this old hip hop so much, mm. right? That like it's kind of normal. Obviously, right? Because I'm a fucking adult and a human being with empathy and an ability to separate the two things. Yeah. Right? I can listen to someone say something and not believe it. Yeah, sure. Right? It's yeah. crazy. I know. I know. Mental. Right? 
But like that stuff is so ingrained that like if somebody else is in your car and you suddenly hear it from through their ears, oh yeah, you're like, oh, none of this is okay. Oh, it's absolutely. If it comes on shuffle with someone else in the vicinity, you're like, oh no, none of this. Oh. What the worst one for that though was it was um, I think you gave me it actually. Mm. Who was it? Did that fucking mix of just all of the nastiest sex jams from around this time period? It was called um, Ignant. Oh shit! Oh, who was that? Uh, that try fucking dookie shoot, dookie shoot. I Gotta can't stick remember. my dick in your dookie shoot. I can't, yeah, I can't remember who that was. I, fucking, I can't. I think I had that on in I, my I, fucking. I think car. maybe our friend Harry find that. Uh, J Zone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have a feeling that was uh, our our very very nice friend Harry. Who find that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, had like a. The, the, the warning from the start of the Ice-T track, J-Zone, Eazy-E, Poison Clan, The Dogs, mm. and like fucking three Master P tracks. It, it was yeah. like everyone you who was doing there. the, uh, you know, the kind of, you know, there's tracks on here, I Need Some Pussy, Bust the Nut, Gorilla Pimp, Suck That Dick. Uh, yeah, I mean, wow. yeah, you, that, that's not, that, that's not stuff you can have on in your car. No. I mean, I'm not sure we can have this conversation in that podcast now, say <laughs> it all out loud. Well, like you say, the NWA album, it got banned after a week, it was deleted, basically, wasn't it? As soon as in the UK, anyway. Yeah, I mean, I, I, my auntie Irene went into town and bought me it on tape, so I, I, I had the only fucking copy that anyone had. I had the only copy of vinyl because I, yeah. I phoned up my uh, local record shop where I got everything from um, on the Monday, and I was like, "Oh, mate, just checking. Have you got a copy of the NWA album? Because I'll come down today and, and grab it. Can you reserve me one?" And he, I remember the conversation. He was like. You mean the one that just got banned? I was mm-hmm. like, oh, right. I didn't realise that, but do you have one? And he went, I've got one. If you come down the next half hour, it's yours. So I cycled down there. Nice. Got it. it was, and again, I'm sure he charged me a ridiculous price for it. I probably paid 16, 17 quid, but I had it. And I taped it for all my mates, obviously. Of course, yeah. man. Of course, and the thing is, right? Like, you know, are, are we going to talk about this? Are we doing a special on this record? No, no. Okay. Well, look, this record hasn't aged that well. There right, are, sure. There, there are moments on it that are fucking brilliant. I always into something. That's a great tune. Oh my god! Yeah. And you know, and and this we always have this conversation uh, about always into something because mm-hmm. that is a G funk tune, and you always profess not to like G funk. Yep. That is the proto G function. That's that's the the template song for everything that Dre would do next. Right. Okay. That was his kind of experimenting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Appetite maybe so. Uh, approach to Danger. That's a approach good to Danger is a good tune. Final yeah. Approach to Danger. Yeah, absolutely. That's more like kind of the the previous NWA stuff. More yeah. like the 100 Miles and Running NWA, at least, anyway. But but they were also, they, they were trolling people. They well. absolutely were. Oh, they were deliberately making this as foul as possible. Yeah, I mean, they'd, they'd, lost, their, they'd lost their main lyricist. Yeah, Cube was gone. Cube was gone. And, you know, the second album... You know, it definitely misses him. It does. Uh, it, it's a very different record. It misses the intent. I mean, which you know, which is weird because as we've discussed, the single which has got "Surprise Part Two mm-hmm. and "100 uh, Miles and Running," you know, those two tracks would it looked like that was going to be the direction it was going to go in, but in the end, it was shock value, cartoony. It was exactly it was Easy E, you know, talking about fucking hoes and pussy, 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 all this sort of stuff. It was just designed to. Make headlines, yeah. annoy parents, yeah. rile up Tipper Gore, mm-hmm. and get that band slapped on it because then it sold fucking exactly, on, you know, yeah. thousands and thousands exactly, of copies. Exactly. And so it did exactly what they meant it to do. 
it's not an enduring album, like you say. I say I I would say I probably still enjoy more of it than you, maybe. I still, oh, I, I, still enjoy, I, I mean, I'm I still enjoy at least half. Of look, it. I've got a, a big, thick belt of nostalgia from it. Right. Well, that's true. And, yeah. and I'm trying yeah. to separate myself from that. Gotcha. Right? Gotcha. You know, but I mean, like objectively, you know, can't say the shit that we say about some of the records we listen to on this podcast and give that a, a, a straight up buy. No. No, it, even though you, it is coming at you with a wink in its eye, going, "I know what I'm doing," you know, I know, I know, this is all ridiculous and over the top. It is definitely that, but it wasn't. It wasn't out and out funny at the time like that. It wasn't them nudging you in that direction. You, they were encouraging you to think that was the lifestyle. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I thought this was brilliant when it I came loved it. Out. I, I mean, fucking, I, I played yeah, it to death. Yeah, of course, I did as well. Man. Yeah. Like, don't drink that wine. Brilliant. Uh, I mean, the skits on this, I actually thought were funny because they were so over the top. Even like a, a tune like "One Less Bitch to Worry About." Yeah. Right. <laughs> right? But, I mean, and that is a ridiculous song. I mean, but that's the thing; it's so cartoony. You you would have to be an imbecile to take it seriously. True. Yeah. Right. You would have to be an absolute fucking idiot or a fucking very angry conservative to think that's what anyone meant, yeah. right? I don't believe anyone meant that. No, not at all, but they have to protect the the imbeciles of society. Uh, just to be very clear as well, I'm not arguing that it's an okay thing to say either. No, sure. But it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not the top ridiculous thing. But, you know, in the same way as you know, some of the Frankie Boyle material from 2004 mm-hmm. is stuff that was you laughed at the time going, oh, this is so over-the-top ridiculous. And nowadays, he wouldn't say that because he never meant it in the first place. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's you, you take it at the time for an absolute cartoon stupidity. Yeah. And with a couple of good songs, a couple of good, you know, uh, hooks on there. But yeah, yeah, it's, the it's a weird one. The interesting thing about comedy and language is there's an enormous range of nuance that goes mm. through it. And I feel like maybe we're forgetting that yeah, a little it's bit. Yeah, it's true. Right? And look, I don't want to be some edgelord kind of free speech advocate. I'm not mm. interested. That argument is just as flawed as the other side sure. of it. But people need to get off their fucking high horse about jokes. Some stuff. I mean, yeah. they really do. I really do. This kind of, like this kind of idea of aggrandizing yourself at somebody else's imperfection. It's like, you know, just kind of this kind of council culture kind of, we're pointing at you and saying we're better than you because we haven't said this thing. That oh, I see. Right. Said. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Right. It's kind of, it, uh, it, it, it's going to come back and bite everyone. Oh, I think else. I think it's it's a it'll be a wave. Yeah, it's it's up and down. It's you know. Yeah, it'll be like it'll be like Cersei when she thought she had underestimated the uh, the the high sparrow, the sparrow. and realised that the power she'd unleashed would come back uh-huh. and uh, 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 and be put upon her head, and she would be forced to walk through the uh, the city. This from someone who just warned the the listeners that oh, it's about to get a bit nerdy. When I was talking about my record collection, you don't watch Game of Thrones. Of course I do, oh. but I didn't quote it. You did. I was doing it in a funny voice. <laughs> Fucking hell, again, nuance, it was like mate. Easy E. Nuance, funny <laughs> voice. <laughs> I'm not doing that voice. I'm not doing the voice. Not... Uh, okay, well, look, look, those are the albums that were out this time period, anyway. Cool. So there's some decent stuff. All right, let's jump let's back go. into this. Uh, this uh, seal. All right, so track number four is his version of Killer. Yeah. I seem to remember you saying before that 
you weren't particularly into the original version of Killer yeah. at the time, were you? Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I, I mean, I didn't love it. Oh, I see. I, I didn't... I didn't have a problem with it, but yeah. loads of people were like, "Oh, this is the best tune in the world," and it never kind it never it was the best like tune that. for me. Okay, all right. Do you remember this version coming out? I, do you know what I do from a perspective of I remember I kind of remember that it, there was another version. I know it happened, and I probably heard it. But I couldn't remember it. No, no, no. So it's quite interesting to listen back to it. Okay. A very different version. Well, yes, it is, but I don't think it's different enough to warrant, definitely not to warrant being a single. Well, no, definitely not to warrant being a single, but we'll talk about the reasons for that. Well, yeah, later. But I, look, I kind of, listening to this earlier, and like one of the things I should caveat this with, and I should have said this at the top of the podcast, is I didn't listen to this album as many times as I normally do. Okay, sure, yeah. This was a bit of a rush one. yeah. Yeah. But it's a short album. But I listened to this and I went, I might like this better than the original. Really? I might do. I need, okay. to, I need to hear it a few more times. But okay. I listened to it and I went, oh, I've, I, I do like this take on it. I like the kind of the kind of big kind of uh, like kind of industrial stabs in it. Yeah. Um, it's, it's definitely more kind of rock in inverted commas than the previous version. The yeah. More guitars and, and going on. One of two things will happen when I listen to it over a couple more times one I'll get bored of the novelty All right, yeah. and be like oh no it's just a bit heavy handed I don't care for it Yeah. or the other one I'd be like oh no actually I just I prefer the tone of this oh, okay. I you know okay. I, 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 I did enjoy it listening to it though I didn't love the kind of the heavy house breakdown that came through sure yeah but that I mean weird I mean I, I would imagine uh, if there's one thing to say about this song I would imagine we've both got it written down uh I've just written it's just much too long again. Oh, I see. Uh, I hadn't noticed it on this, but no, well, fucking hell, I'm looking at it. Jesus Christ. Look, the Adamski version. Six minutes 20. The, the, the Adamski version of this song is four minutes 13. Yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't need to be any longer than that. No. God, that's weird because I, maybe it's because uh, I had some sort of, you know, I knew this before, mm. but listening to it again whenever I did today, I didn't even uh, notice it was six minutes twenty. I was like, uh, right. I, it, it I, washed over me a bit. It, it felt like six minutes twenty to right, me. Right, I see. Uh, mm, now you're absolutely right. There's no need for that. Nah. I but I don't understand. Okay, I mean, let, let's say I don't understand why he's released this as a single. Uh, I think that is self-indulgent, and I think the, the previous version was only a year ago, and it was a massive hit. Okay, well, I I tell you, there's. I mean, there's a couple of reasons yeah. for it, I would imagine, right? Yep. First of all, I would imagine it's a record company decision. Sure. Okay. That, that would make sense. And I would imagine that what it is, is they're going, oh, you like this song? Well, it's if you want to buy the album, mm. it's a different version of this song. And this is a different... This isn't this isn't the dance music guy. Okay, sure. This isn't, you know, you're not just going to get that, that kind of drug... Dancey stuff. This is a this is this. This is okay. a more mature sound. Right. Okay. Sure. So I reckon that's part of it. But the main reason this is a single is because um, without blowing the rest of the 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 album, there are no other fucking singles on this record. Right. You, you know, you could maybe kind of pass one of the the the, the slower acoustic ones or something. Like, well, and a, they as, did as a third single. Was it a third single? Mate, this was the fourth single. Fuck off! No, what were the other two singles. It was crazy was number one. Future Love Paradise was the second one, right? Which sounds more like crazy. Okay. Uh, the third one is the beginning, which was the first track. They released that, that as a the, fucking the single. Third single. What did that do? 
Uh, it got to number 24. Fuck off. I know. I don't understand. I don't remember it that, at all. That is some at momentum all. that's got that like, that record up there, man. Absolutely. Well, I suppose, I mean, it was like, it got, it was released in July 91, and this was number one still at mid June. So it absolutely is momentum, like you say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Killer was released in November 91. So it was after the album. Well, okay. Well, I mean, in that case, you you just go, okay, they're, okay. Still, they're, they're still shifting units. So yeah, we, it's we, just to keep it going. We, yeah, we want to stick another thing But there, there was a fifth single in 1992, which is one we haven't even come to yet. Um, but yeah, they, you're right that this is uh, the only other one that they, they could, in terms of a big pop song. I'm amazed that this wasn't the second single. Right, okay. Okay, now the second one, like I say, Future Love Paradise. Uh, but I, I can see... I suspect he was unhappy with the way the first one went that he wasn't credited, right? Because it was basically yeah. credited as Adamski. It wasn't yeah. always Adamski featuring co- Seal. He was a co-writer. Yeah, exactly. Adamski had the the tune, and he said to Seal, "Can you do some lyrics?" Seal wrote all the lyrics and sang the lyrics. So it's like it's definitely a co-write. That's yeah. fine. And so I suspect there's some sort of aggrieved desire to be recognised for, sure, for yeah, that. He's, he's, he's kind of, yeah, he's, he's, he's pissing on the tree stump. Yeah, I imagine there's some of that is like, okay, well no, this is actually my song too. This is Seal Killer. Yeah. You know? Seal Killer. But, uh... Eskimo. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but, I don't, I think I don't understand why you would go yeah, let's make a big deal. I'd say, if you want to put it on the album, do your version of it, fine. But I don't see it as a single. Well, I mean, you know, what, what, did, the, what did the re-release do as a single? Uh, th- this version got to number eight. Well, there you go. He was, well, did the right thing, didn't yeah, he? we're wrong. I know. I, I don't need the same song released twice as a consumer. No. As a, particularly as a teenage boy, that makes me feel weird. Okay. Right. But, I mean, it's not different enough. I think you are right mm. in many ways. Um but it's, and it's it's a decent enough version of the song. It sits not it well. I say it sits nicely on the album. It deserves its place on this album. Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, no, I I do, I do think that. I think he's right to do a version for himself on his debut album mm-hmm. because it's a great tune. That's the thing. I but I loved the Adamski version. I think it's brilliant, and so you can't fault it for being a good song. Mm-hmm. And so putting his stamp on it, going here's what I would have done with it. Get it? No problems. But. I don't know. I, th- I it just feels weird to me because it sounds to me because I liked the first one so much. It sounds to me like you know a bit of a bit of a pub band covering a dance song, not in a bad way, a good pub band, but it's like this is what this song sounds like with guitars, hmm. and I don't see the need for it. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. All, All right. right, tracks five. Tracks five. Tracks five. <laughs> uh, right, this one is Whirlpool. We're back in acoustic land. Uh huh. He has a pleasing voice. And this is, I, you know, you cannot deny he's got a good voice. He mm-hmm. does. He's got a good soulful voice for when it works. But so does Alita Adams. Well, yeah. Yeah. And look, look uh, lyrically, it's about kind of self conflict around love and, you know, kind of commitment. Okay. But it looks at things. But this this bit sounds like proto kiss from a rose to me as well. Yeah, that that the way he's phrased that, the way that melody is. Yeah, you can definitely see one comes from the other. Yeah. This is one of the shorter songs. It's only four minutes long. But I mean, meh, what? 
it's inoffensive, but it doesn't really do anything for me. No, no, exactly. It's inoffensive, you're absolutely right, but the, the flip side of that is it's bland because it doesn't do anything. It doesn't make you want to be invested in it. Yeah. Um, and whenever I listen to these albums, what I often do is, you know, at, at some point I'll sit down and I'll listen to it and I'll look at the lyrics and I'll write notes. But also, whenever I go into my work, I do... Uh, I open my pub one day a week and I close the rest. But the one day I open, I'm there by myself for a couple of hours. And I put this, I put whatever album we're about to do on the stereo and I'm doing whatever I need to do and it's in the background. Yep. And this is kind of just washing over me. And sometimes I'm cutting in and out, but at least I'm getting the flavour, yeah? This one I had on this week and it got to this song and this yep. was on and the person who was coming in to help me out to open came yep. in and I was embarrassed I can imagine. And I had to go, I've not put this on for me, by the way. Uh, I just need you to know that I'm not listening to this for fun. Yeah. This is for, you know, a project. Exactly. Because I was like, oh, God, if someone thinks this is what I'm into, they're going to hate me. And people know some of the shit that you're into. Some of that, exactly. And, you know, I'm okay with them knowing those things, but I wouldn't want them tarring me with this brush. I mean, I can smell those things. (laughs) I would not want to be known as... You know, Christopher, you know, he likes that Whirlpool song by Seal. Yeah, he is awful, mate. Absolutely awful. Yeah. So, yeah, no, let's move on. No, I yeah, didn't like that at all. Next track is, we just mentioned it, Future Love Paradise. Future Paradise, Paradise. track number six. But if only you could see them, you would know from their faces There were kings and queens followed by princes and princesses There were future power people throwing love to the loveless Shining a light cause they wanted it seen Well that would cries of He does love a, a layered vocal, doesn't he? Oh he does, yeah. Reach out for you and it's you know This is better so far. Yes. Yeah. I think this is a decent chorus. That little hook there. Yeah, I mean I mean I mean it's it's not either the other song it's not a crazy or killer it's not as good no I would say this is I prefer this to his version of killer but I don't like it as much as crazy oh no I don't I don't think this is I don't think it's anywhere near as good as his version of killer really I do oh god no 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 but in like you know like quite big yeah I I, I think this is alright see like I just don't think like a little kind of house piano. I don't think it's yeah. the right way for this song to have gone. That kind of like explosion. You've got little kind yeah. of the housey, housey kind of bits. It's all quite bright. Oh, see, I don't hear the house in this. Yeah. There's a piano in the background. Yeah, but I, that's not that's not my impression of it. That's not, not what I'm... Right. So, I'm just a like, big chorus. No, fair enough. I, I, I think this is all right. I remember liking this at the time as well, which is probably another reason that I'm okay with it. Right, okay. I mean, look, I think that that kind of call and response kind of breakdowns is quite funky. Sure. Uh, yeah, I, I put here, look, this is a perfectly pleasant track mm-hmm. that just doesn't do that much. Okay. All right, I think it does. I think it... And Actually, how long is this one? It's another four minutes. I think this... this puts a lot into the four minutes and it does enough for me as a a solid pop song uh, see I'm, uh, this is an album track for me it's not yeah. a single All right. I, there's not enough of a you know there's no there's not enough of a of a hook into the main chorus yeah. for it for me oh, see, I, this is one of the ones and a project I bet you it's because it was obviously a single at the time and I remember it well mm-hmm. if you said to me can you still 
sing that that chorus, I would have been able to do it. See, I, I wouldn't. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm fairly sure I've never heard this before. Oh, I see. Right. I mean, it was released as a, it was a single, but it was on the Future Love EP. But it was still played a load on the radio. Mm. Yeah, it was still around the place. And it's got a video and all that shit. I'll tell you, actually, just video. In terms of, um, whenever we said at the top about all the Brit Awards and Killer won a video for Best British yeah. Video, yeah? I watched it again today going, oh, fuck, I wonder, don't remember it. It's dreadful. Is it like really, is it really like blue screen? Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's some of the, it's blue screen and you know those kind of, transitions that Top of the Pops used to have where the words would condense into a ball and go off screen oh, that God, sort of yeah. it's that it's fucking dreadful yeah. no, none of the videos actually the one for Crazy is okay this one is no good uh, and Killer's terrible but I, I remember this fondly mm. and, and I mean, there's more drug references in here as well There's because it seems to be about the older generation versus the younger generation and the older generation are trying to hold on to a par and keep the rules as they are so that the young can't have fun and it has these characters the riders yeah like the cops right the cops exactly Um, and they are down on everything and they there's a bit in there about the the riders don't want you to have uh, drugs suppress the drugs and it predicts that, you know, one day, a future love paradise, when the young generation are in power, that everyone will be taking ecstasy and it's going to be fucking brilliant. How's that worked out? Well, uh, yeah, Brexit. Michael Gove. <laughs> yeah. um, so it's, it's it's a nice sentiment and it's kind of, it's, you know, the optimism is right up there, unrealistically. So I think this is all right. Uh, you've not sold me. No, no, fine. I don't think I will. I think I think it's just got a, a big old chorus and a good hook. I just don't see it as a big chorus. Paradise. Mate, like fucking like if Prince had fucking farted that, he'd have thrown it away. Do you know what I mean? He's well, like, or kept it in a vault and then released it. No, well, his family would have released yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well that's that's number six anyway. So we're two thirds of the way through, and so where are you so far? In like how many out of how many? Uh, I mean, I'm I I'm two for five at the minute. Two for six. Was that six? That's track six. Yeah. Oh yeah, we have just done six. I'm two for six. Yeah, fuck me. Two for me. six, but your two would be killer and crazy. Yeah, right. I'm two for six, but mine would probably be future love paradise and crazy, because I just have issues with killer. Mm. But okay, two for six. I mean, you can't. I mean, I think it's a great tune, but mm. I've no interest in his version because I really like the the original. Mm. Okay, well, let's uh, take another break and go into the top ten singles of this week. So, again, I have gone for the week of June 2nd to the 8th, which is, it's right in the middle of when this was number one. Number 10 is The Doors with Light My Fire 91. I don't even remember that getting a re-release. Oh, I mean, movie just come out, hadn't it? Oh, uh, right. Yeah, yeah that would be, be it. exactly it. Okay. Uh, number nine, KLS Last Trade in Trans Central. Yeah. Eight, REM Shiny Happy People. Yeah. Seven Soft Cell Tainted Love, because we've seen the greatest hits is in the album charts. Ah, right, okay. Uh, six is Kylie Shocked, which I thought I remembered. Shocked, shocked, yeah. I, I, and then I didn't whenever I played it to myself. It, it's kind of one of the later Stock Aitken and Waterman yeah, ones, Yeah, it's isn't definitely it? that sign to it, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I kind of think I vaguely remember it. Yeah. But, yeah. I, I Whenever I listened to it, I didn't like it. I didn't think it was one of her better I mean, ones I at all. I don't really like any of that stocking in warm and stuff really anymore. It's hardly any of that stuff. Fair enough. Well. Uh, number five. And I remember fucking hating this at the time. And it was everywhere. You couldn't get away from it. I hate this. 
Oh yeah, this is uh, fucking la da dee da 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 Gypsy Woman. Gypsy Woman. Yeah. By, can you remember who's by? Uh, this is woman by... Oh, hang on. Crystal Waters? Crystal Waters. Yeah, so I hate that as well. I remember at the time, people da, were like da, all over it. Da, da, da. It's tuneless bollocks. This is one of the start of those like, those kind of big kind of um, commercial house tracks. That, like when I was at university, yeah. that's kind of what the discos would be. Oh, right, I see. All that fucking commercial vocal house. Stuff like Gala, Freedom oh, Desire and that nonsense. Yeah. Uh, I, I, oh, just and, awful. You know, for for a long, long time, I, because of that stuff, I'd have told you I hated house music. Well, sure, because that's what you... Associated yeah. with the term, yeah. Well, that, she's got a lot to fucking answer for. Crystal Waters in this oh, song, mate. awful. Dog Dog it, was, it was ever um, number four, and I have already mentioned her, but I'd forgotten this existed until like coming back to it. But now I remember this was everywhere forever as well. Beverly Craven. I admit, I actually like this. This is this is a good power ballady tune. Do, do you know what I remember that lyric for? Do you remember like when we yeah. were when we used to live together in that in our big house? We had that massive yeah. like kind of printout of lyrics pre-internet, so we oh, couldn't shit, Google yeah. the lyrics. Yeah, were. and you had to try and uh, two hundred of the fuckers. Yeah, yeah, that was one of them. Was it? Yeah. Oh, see, we spent weeks <laughs> agonising over that as well. Yeah, we did. Uh, right, so that's number four. Beverly Craven with "Promise Me." Number three. And I really like this tune, and this is this is utter pop. You've got you've trash. got a look, and you're your, gonna like this. You've got a look in your face, and like I might be ashamed of this. Oh, you, you probably we probably should be, right. but I bet you like this too. Oh, I bet I do. Proper US pop fluff, this is. It's proper. It's a one hit wonder, and it is just her name, yeah. Baby Baby by. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. Oh. No, go on. Amy Grant. Oh, go on in. Yeah, Amy Grant. I I do, I really like that. And there's a lovely little key change in it as well at the end. It, yeah. It's a proper pop nonsense, but it's fun. I like that. Uh, then number two is Cher with the Shoop Shoop song. Number one, and this is a... I mean, this is not a good song. And I, I can't say I like it at all, but I remember it very, very well. Stop. Uh, TikTok, you don't stop. Uh, color me bad. I want to sex you up. Yeah, mate. From the New Jack City soundtrack. How oh, was it? Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. This was all over the place. This is the sound of the summer. This was 1991. I mean, this is a very risible song. Sure. And the fucking the name of the band, Color Me Bad. That's with two oh, D's. No, I mean, it's awful. Yeah. It's, it's very 1991, isn't though. it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's like the the swing beat, New Kids. That's exactly what yeah, they were yeah. trying to be. You yeah. Know? Uh, so that's, that's the top ten. Uh, in terms of other stuff that's out, there's a few. There's a couple. Um, this one. 
won't mean anything to you, but populate itself. 92 degrees was one of the singles yeah. uh, that they they had out at the minute. I fucking love this. It's got to number 23, which is decent, I think. Um, I am I'm tempted to go and see them play in December as well because I'm that kind of dickhead these days. Uh, at number 34, I've got it queued up, but Little Angels with Young Gods. Do you remember that at all? Young Gods? I don't remember the song. I mean... No, uh, no I, I never got the band, really. I, I, obviously, they've got a couple of catchy tunes, but they don't need the career they've had. You don't need to have that many albums of yeah. Little Angels, do you? Uh, no. Uh, but, right, number 60. Peaked at number 60. Oh, I wonder what this is. Um, yeah, um... I mean, you'll, you know the, you should know the band yeah, yeah, straight the song, away, but um, the name of the song is a toughie. So I, I know this well. Yes, oh, you really do. That's the thing. It's James Dixon, classic girl. Yes, it is, mate. I just couldn't couldn't find that for a second. Yes, it is. Yeah. That got number 60 on a single release. It's a fucking brilliant song. So I, I didn't even remember it being a single. Couldn't have told you that. Yeah, it's really it's there you go. Really long. It's one of the longest singles I remember seeing. <laughs> Six minutes long or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was there. Uh, Planet of Sound by the Pixies got to number 27 at yeah. some point in here. Uh, the Senseless Things at number 73. That's the first time I remember seeing The Senseless Things. Uh, but the only other one I... So, and I really like this one Primal Scream with Higher Than The Sun mm-hmm. and this is one of it's possibly my favourite Primal Scream song oh, okay. I mean this is a real it, it, this is a drug damn sounding this, this, song this is on Screamadelica right? yeah exactly yeah. This, the Screamadelica was released later this year this was one of the preceding singles but this is just dark and foreboding and slow paced it's brilliant uh, but when the when the beat kicks in, it's a, it's a real, it's a, it's a big, smacking beat over this big dubby bass. So it's wicked anyway. It goes on and on because it's a hugely long song. But this one got to number 40. Cool. During good? this time. Yeah, Sounds no, it is. It's a great tune. Great tune. There's also various remixes by like The Orb or Jawobble. Or Andy Weatherall, which are about eight minutes long. No, that's because that was in the, that's in the day you could release two CD singles. Well, precisely. Yeah, precisely. Uh, but there you go. That's your singles for uh, May into June of 1991. Great, man. Cool. Uh, but shall we finish off this Seal album then, yeah? Let's do it, mate, yeah. So track seven... Let's seal the deal. Oh, nice. Track seven is called Wild. Mm. It's different again. Yeah, different kind of interesting kind of moody intro. Obviously, that drum beat, that drum machine sound sounds very dated now. And I suspect mm. it would have sounded dated at the time. Possibly. I don't like that synth sound. I just was on that. I don't like the, the feel of that. Oh, I kind of do. Yeah. Again, I think his voice is good on this one. I think it's yeah. a good example of his vocals. I, I think... I think stripped down stuff I feel like they thought the vocal was going to carry this song right okay but I don't think 
the vocal is good enough to do that. I think it's I think it's decent. I think you're right. It is a good example. But yeah. Oh, no, I don't think it works well enough. That's a good song. No, I, I mean, think his voice is the only good thing on here. I don't mind the way it starts off, but then mm. it does get very kind of rambling and oh, jazzy. It, it, it really does go into jazz territory. Yeah, yeah, and in, in a way that, fair enough. I don't like jazz, but I particularly don't like this sort of really insipid jazz. No, nah, yeah. is it five thirty? This one? Yeah, and yeah, no need. Again, it's just you know, it's just. The second half is just bollocks. It's it's like the the band noodling around the place, him doing nothing. It feels like a sketch rather than a than right a, than a drawing, you know. Yeah, don't get this one at all. No. It, it's okay if he's looking to showcase a different side of Seal, if that's what it is, and this is his, like you say, his jazzier side yeah. or the kind of the acid jazz that was coming through. Maybe Trevor Horn was trying to get a little bit of that going on, but. This is an instantly forgettable song. There's nothing at all to it. It's flimsy, and I think it's just simperingly weak. Yeah, I mean, again, like trying to be as uh, constructive as mm. I can. Yeah, there are moments, there are bits and pieces. As with most of these songs, there are moments and bits uh, within them that I'm like, oh, that's nice, and that's uh-huh. nice, and that's nice, but not holding together as. Songs, no, not as a whole piece. You know, I'm I'm not coming out there saying Trevor Horn and uh, and Seal have got no musical ability. I believe they absolutely have. Oh fuck but, yeah! I mean, the, the man was in Art and Noise. Yeah, you know, but, he knows music. But this, it all just feels a bit unfinished. A lot of it, right? Or overfinished. Uh, yeah, I think I think it's one of those ones where you know, for example, if, if you're if you paint something and you go, I'm not quite happy with that. You paint it a little bit more over the top, and you say, I'm not quite happy with that. Do a bit more, and you end up with just a mud brown. Yeah, that's what they called uh, Chinese Democracy by Guns N' Roses. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, have you ever heard that record? No. I mean, that is a record, I mean, more overdubs than people in this world. Yeah, I, I don't know uh, enough about that to comment, I must admit, but this song that I had to listen to today, I think is crack. Think Rubbish. Absolute mate. crack. Right, let's do the next one then. Right. This is track number eight. It's called Show Me. Another slow starter. Another slow starter, another six-minute song. So look, this is another meandering mm. kind of kind of semi-ambient. Mm. Dinner jazz. This is musical journey, wank. right? Yeah. And I, I, I've made a note here that says these journeys would be a lot more fun if they were shorter. Yeah. This really would. You know, I mean, there is no excuse for this being six minutes though. I've just got two long written in capital letters. Oh, definitely. This is, you know, there are moments in here where it feels like he wants to have a bit of a Prince vibe to it, like oh, kind okay. of particularly Allah. Purple Rain. Yeah. Kind of. Bits in that I feel I get that. There's a hilarious bit where he's trying to where he's singing Oh Oh Lady, but what it sounds like is Old Lady. <laughs> that was stroll on old yeah. lady. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Look, I, I've just got very little to say about this. It's 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 too long, it's without purpose, it doesn't yeah. showcase anyone's talents to their fullest. It's a waste of six and a half minutes of your life, really. It is. Um I the sentiment behind it, I think, is 
fine. It's him going. <laughs> it's, it's him going. Show me how to help you. Show me how I can make your life better. It's, it's a nice thing to say, but the way that the whole feel of it is just smug and cheesy to me. I think it's uh, something you go, oh mate, stop, just, just stop. What See, you're doing. I haven't made enough notes to remember what any of it's about. Right, and, and um, that tells you how anonymous it is. Well, it, it, exactly, anonymous is another one on this one. It's nothing going on, and yeah. you will never ever be able to remember this. No, um, there are bits in it where. There's a bit of kind of musical wanking going on, like I say, and I, I can picture them in the studio, eyes closed, really feeling, you know, what they're doing. They're really into it. But it's boring shit. Yeah. There's nothing going on that anybody wants to, to hear about. No, it's rubbish, mate. It's rubbish. Right. Anyway, last track. Right, so last track is... Nice short one. <laughs> is it, it's new, funnily enough. No. This was the fifth single. Go fuck yourself. Absolutely, what the hell? Right, this is called Violet. Yeah, and it's how long, Krista? Eight and a half minutes. Really? <laughs> well, what this album has been lacking is eight minute songs. Right, stop playing it. We don't need to hear it. No. Right, look. Oh, God, it's awful. Look, this is noises and talking, fucking insipid, fucking electric dance jazz. Yeah. And it's just the most incredibly self indulgent <sighs> thing you can do. 50 minute album, and you're giving yourself an. Eight and a half minute yep. outro track, right? Yep. Look, which isn't even a song. No, look, right? Either, either Seal was trying to sell, set himself up as like the Bill Laswell of, uh, of, okay. of whatever the fuck this, he's this doing, pops right? all. Yeah. Or, and I'm going to posit this: he had a really big single, and they really wanted an album out, <laughs> yeah. so they cobbled this load of bollocks together that didn't have any songs on it. Yeah. Uh, like Trevor Horn was like, well, I've got this Art of Noise eight-minute song that we never released because it was a bit dull. Yeah. Do you want to just sing something on top of that? Yeah. This is, I mean, for, this is critically it's, a This is Emperor's New Clothes. This is right? one of the worst things I've ever heard. This is uh, fucking dreadful. Well, this particular song this or the song. album. Oh, the album, oh, I think, is crap. No, I mean, look, I, I mean I'm, look the, the single, the, the last song is absolute dog shit. I'm going to give it no further. Let's talk about the album but, as well. Just one thing oh, I will say. No, just this. weirdly. And I was, I was like, fucking, how is this a single? I looked it up on YouTube. There's not a video for it. Because um, obviously the record company must have gone, it's not going to get played on TV. Mm. Um, but... I watched uh, just one upload of it, uh, the one with the most comments, and I looked at the comments, and tell you what, people are fucking loving this. I don't understand. They're going, the man's a genius. I remember, you know, watching a sunset to this at, when I was 20 in 1991. Oh, this is this is what music should be like. It's, I I cannot understand how we listen to the same thing. Emperor's New Clothes. Uh, yeah, it's awful. Awful. You know, if, if you if hit that man was watching a sunset, he'd probably taken a lot of ecstasy. Well, yeah, it's it, got to be. You know, got to be drugs, look, man. Okay, but yes, no, you're right. Let's leave that song. So look, I this to me as an album, yeah. As I say, it feels like it's it, it's not ready. It's it's uh, absolutely not ready. It's not ready. It's, there are not there are nine songs on it. Six of them aren't songs. Right. If I if I'd have bought this album at the time, yeah. expecting an album full of killers and crazies, yeah, and I found this, I would have been very upset. Yeah, I, I imagine so. I don't know how it won all the awards. I mean, I have no idea. Look, this is for me. Look, when it's good, it's really good. Uh-huh. Right. When it's good, it's really good. But for me, it's only really good in two places, two tracks out of nine. Right? Sure. Yeah. Which, to be fair, on a nine-track album, is a relatively okay passable hit rate. I mean. Yeah. But look, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's not, not good. It's not a good album. It's it's no. it's a delivery device for two singles. One of which there is arguably a better version of. Right, sure. I mean, I'm I'm not ready to have that argument yet. But for me, like, 
it's an album that has mistaken a disjointedness and a lack of cohesiveness for eclecticism. Right, and art. Yeah, and, yeah. It's, and it's, it's sketches. It's sketches and not finished songs. And mm. the and when inheld in relief to something like Crazy, it just goes, oh, no, this is, you know, the Emperor is naked. It is, oh, this totally. is bollocks. Totally. Yeah, I don't get... I, I kind of see a little bit of hype around it because you, you're getting ready off the back of a couple of singles and Seal is an imposing figure and he looks great. Yeah, he's got he, all the image stuff. Yeah, he's a rock star. He's, he's, a, he's an absolute rock star and he's got a great voice. But yeah, whenever you put this album on, having only heard singles, it's it's like, oh, well, I feel someone's played a prank on me here. But the thing is, we are entering the era of like uber hype as well. Let's not forget that. Right, right, sure. We are at a point here where record companies did genuinely believe and were proved right again and again that if you produced something and it had the right image and everything else around it, mm, it would sell. You could you could still knock it out there and make it profitable. I see, okay. Right? Well, they were, yeah, they were proved entirely right about this one. Yeah, and you know... Three and a half million copies. There's part of me, the rational part of me, is going, well, somehow you and me must be wrong. Well, yes, of course. And I would say we're not the target audience, but who's the target audience for this? Who's the target audience for a fucking Violet or a Whirlpool? Well, see, this is the thing. It's like, you know, like with a Westlife album, Mm. I'm oh, that's terrible music. Yeah. But I know why people like it. Sure. Yeah, it's not for me and it's never supposed to be. I can hear the stuff and it's too, you know, and then, you know, with something like like kind of Aphex Twin, right? Okay. You know, a lot of that is kind of Emperor's New Clothes to me as well. Yeah, same but I can also, you know, when I dig in and I go, oh, right, okay, I get that if you're getting this, then you're probably getting this as well. It's, right. Right, it's not there for me. You know, in the same way that I'll, I'll listen to technical death metal of saying, like, along mm. those lines, right? Yeah. You know, and I'll know that, oh, a lot of people won't enjoy this. But I can't look at these songs and go, you know, like, even with the Alita Adams album, right? Sure, uh, yeah. Right? I know what she was going for and I kind of know why people, I think they're wrong. Okay, right? but For you know that they exist. This, this yeah. I don't really get yeah. what you like about it. It's just, it's got, it's, it's just halfway in. Yeah, and half. Anyway, I, I'm a bit, bit, I'm a bit bamboozled by this one. To be honest with you, right. And this is the thing. It was not like it was a number one for one week and then fucked off. It was three weeks at number one. Yeah, and sold three and a half million copies and kickstarted his huge career. Mm-hmm. I don't get it, man. I don't, don't know. <laughs> What song are you putting on? Crazy. Of course it is. Right. That's that. That's that. That's absolutely... There's no way that we're going to do more than that. It's crazy. It's going on to our ongoing playlist. Yep. Um, I will never listen to this album again. Oh, God, no. And I don't understand why it was so popular. Don't get it. It's a, it's a, it's a strange set of, yeah. uh, set of events, man. But you know what? As is to uh, as is to try and figure it out in this kind well, of... Yeah. Okay. Well, we've failed on figuring it out. We've, we've done the duty. We've done our... Our, our research and our background, we've listened to it. but felt like a slog, this one, didn't it? It really did, yeah. But, you know, I mean, look, I'm not as down on this as I am on some of the other albums. Okay. I'm not. I think I, I think there were moments of this. My main concern with it is it's just incomplete. Right. My, my incredulity is about the popularity. I'm disappointed with it because I thought I might be getting something from a, a Seal yeah, album. I must admit, I was I was thought, oh, this... I wasn't Maybe there's going to be three or four other ones that I've never heard before that I'm going to actually really like. Yeah, I wasn't fearing this one. I, I mean, no. I think the thing I'm most upset about is that I like the Chris Rear album more than this oh, one. Oh, God. 
Yeah. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. What There's more on that for you. What does that say about me? Oh, anyway, right. look, right, uh, guys, thank you for joining us. Uh, as always, please get in touch on social media. Let us know what you thought of this podcast. If you're a massive SEAL fan, perhaps you're one of the people that really got this, let yeah, us well, know what yeah. went on. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah. No, that's, that's, that'll do us for this one, I think. We are back next week. We are. Listening to Share. Ah, uh, good. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not slagging it off already. I mean, there's some really great share songs. I hope they're all on this record. Okay, let's find out. We'll see you next week. Shoop, shoop. <laughs> yeah. All right, thanks for listening, and uh, for listening. We'll, we'll see you later. Bye. Thank you for checking out this episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen. It was produced and edited by us, for which we can only apologise. We're on Twitter at PCL Podcast. On Instagram, also at PCL Podcast, and Facebook.com slash PCL Podcast. All of these, plus links to our various Spotify playlists, etc., are on our website, which is PCLPodcast.com. Please feel free to get in contact via any of the social media or on PCL Music Podcast at gmail.com.